Good morning everyone and a very warm welcome to morning worship. We're joined again by friends and family from across the country and across the world. And just to pick out a few people I've noticed coming in, we've got Paul's sister Christine from London again, Tamara from Marburg in Germany, we've got Bruce from Oxfordshire, we've got Jenny from Wigtonshire, we've got Graham from Dunlop, we've got Emma's mum from Aberdeen, we've got Will from North Carolina, and the rest of us are just all here too. One mention, I think, of someone from the Far East uh, today, and by that I mean Edinburgh. Welcome to Jill and Darren, and we really hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. Don't run away at the end of the service. You'll be randomly assigned a coffee group at the end for a quick chat. If you're lucky, it won't be with us, and you'll get to meet some of the really nice folk from Hillhead. Our service this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina and lots of other familiar voices from our congregation. If you want to sing along with the recordings of ourselves, um, you'll find the words of all the hymns on the order of service that was attached to your invitation to the service. And of course, we've had some live music this morning and we want to say thank you so much to Ailey and to Rico who were playing for us as we gathered for worship. Um, you'll remember that this morning we'll celebrate communion together. So uh, if you haven't remembered to have something close by, it's still time to get something during the service. Glass of water, a biscuit, anything, it doesn't matter. So that when we come to communion, we can all share in it together. Then there are still, of course, no evening services. So um, can I point you again to the Baptist Union of Scotland's brief but very interesting uh, live prayer time at 7 p.m on Facebook Live. Um, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Scottish Baptist forward slash, slash live um, at seven o'clock, there'll be a short time there where people from all around Scotland will share prayers around a theme that's meaningful just now, and that lasts about 20 minutes. Uh, I sent out the May copy of the church magazine during the week. If you didn't get a copy by email, just drop me an email and I'll make sure you get one. And then also you'll notice that Katrina has organised a doodle poll for anyone who would like to meet for coffee and a catch-up on Zoom during the week. Um, if you'd like to do that and you haven't filled in the doodle poll yet, do that now and we can meet at various times through the week just to see how we're all doing. Finally, just a wee bit of family news just to let you know that Will's mum Ruth in North Carolina has been offered a longer term place in the step-down facility uh, Will is still going there every mealtime to make sure that she's eating and drinking, uh, but she seems to be settling in there now. We'll meet again next Sunday like this at 11am for worship, but remember if during the week you need any essential shopping or a prescription collected, all you have to do is phone me or drop me an email. These are all our notices. Thank you, Anne, and thank you, everybody who's taking part. Apologies if you saw me just looking at my phone. We have somebody who's, who's taking part who's not managed to get in yet, so I've just had to resend them the link. Hopefully, they will make it in time for their bit. Our call to worship this morning comes from the book of Revelation, one of those very strange and bewildering books, but it's a passage that I've used many times and I'm sure will use many times again. In his vision, John looks... And he records this. There before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, 
Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And so as we gather to worship God, we are invited to sing along of ourselves with our, mutes, our mics muted, please, just to try and keep a little bit of uh, normality for your generous providing. Unfortunately, it looks like the technology may have beaten a couple of people, but nonetheless, we will plough on. Over the past few weeks, I found myself very much drawn to the injunction of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church at Philippi, that I particularly should think about whatever is good and true and lovely and noble. And it's those words really that have inspired the idea for our prayers this morning. It's an experiment. It's hopefully a bit of fun. And I'm going to have to do a couple of stand-ins, but that's fine. <laughs> I've invited several of our folk to share in a prayer of thanksgiving that's based on all those parlour games where you go on to the next letter of the alphabet and add something on. You're not going to have to add them on and remember, so don't panic. But each person in turn will say something along the lines of thank you God for, and then one or two or three things that begin with that letter. And if it all goes wrong, it doesn't matter because God's not going to mind. So let us bring our prayers of thanks to the God who loves us and all creation. Thank you, God, who delights in our prayers. Hear us now as we offer to you our alphabet of prayer. Thank you, God, for aunties. Thank you, God, for brothers and for bus drivers. Thank you, God, for care workers, crafting and cats. Thank you, God, for doctors. Thank you, God, for elephants. 
Thank you, God, for forests. Thank you, God, for Glasgow. Thank you, God, for home, hope and harpsichords. Thank you, God, for the internet so that we can all do this on a Sunday. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, God, for ketchup to add taste to my fish. Thank you, God, for lorries, blue paper and laptops. Thank you, God, for more dust. Thank you, God, for neighbours. Thank you, God, for the oppressed. Thank you, God, for peace and pansies. Thank you, God, for quiet moments. Thank you, God, for railways and sausages and telescopes. Thank you, God, for umbrellas. Thank you, God, for vegetables. Thank you, God, for Wi-Fi. Thank you, God, for xylophones. Thank you, God, for young people. And thank you, God, for Zoom that connects us right now. Thank you, God, who hears our alphabet prayers, who gives us the gift of imagination and joy, and welcomes and loves us in all our glorious diversity. Please hear us now as we join our voices in different languages and different versions as we share the words Jesus gave to his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We join in the response of Sam. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I lack nothing. He will make me lie down in green pastures and lead me beside still waters. He will refresh my soul and guide me in the right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. You spread a table before me in the face of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup will be full. Surely your goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
listen for the word of God in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I was training for ministry back in the dark ages I spent two years working with a Baptist church in Cheadle Hume on the border of Cheshire and Manchester and that's the church where our good friend Ruth Goldborn is now the minister. They have a beautiful modern worship building well a multi-purpose building really and the main space which they use for worship is octagonal in shape but it's used for other things in the week. But on one wall of this room, there will always be hung a huge banner based on a Bible text. And if you were able to print off the order of service, at the bottom of the end of that is a photograph of one of the banners that they have in that church. What may surprise you is this is not creation of what we lovingly might refer to as Stitch and Bitch, the women's uh, craft group actually designed and made by a man, a retired art teacher by the name of George. And although the banners changed throughout the year, some of the time at least, and in my recollection, a lot of the time I was there, the text that greeted you as you came into the space was John 10.10. 10. So this text hung on the wall all the time, so it could be seen by the people who came in as part of the carer and toddler group, which met in their three mornings a week, or the senior citizens lunch club two days a week, as well as various different children's clubs. And I used to wonder to myself, what do these people make of this banner, these words? Because most of them were not part of that church or, or any church. Like every church community, Grove Lane has stories of struggle and sadness and stories of immense joy and celebration. So this banner was hung for baby blessings and baptisms, for weddings, and I think it was there on my 40th birthday party, which was held there. It's also there for funerals. It's over the 
the side of difficult church meetings and they wouldn't mind me saying that when I was there there were many difficult church meetings. But it's there when the hoover is run over the carpet by the cleaner or on a Sunday morning when the deacons set out the chairs. They don't have a set-up team, it's the deacons who take it in turn to put out the chairs week by week. It's there when the air rings with the sound of singing and it's there when the building is eerily silent. And it was pondering that banner that helped me to begin to reflect today. What does it mean to have life to the full at any time, but perhaps especially at this time? What is, or maybe what is not, this abundant life of which Jesus speaks? We probably do well to set the saying in its context in this 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. It's a really complicated and slightly bewildering discourse in which Jesus identifies himself both as the gate into the sheepfold and as the good shepherd who takes care of the sheep, both when they are inside that place of safety and when they're outside of it seeking pasture. That mix of being inside the sheepfold with the gate closed and the gatekeeper on, car on guard to ensure nobody gets in to steal the sheep and of being outside where pasture may be found yet there is also a risk of getting lost, injured or killed seems to me quite a good metaphor for life both in our own past experience and perhaps especially now at the moment when our focus is very much on our own safety and the safety of others. We stay home, inside the sheepfold. We close the door. We keep our distance to minimise the risk of a destructive virus getting in and destroying lives that are so precious to us. But in order to not just survive, but to thrive, at least some people have to go out. Might it be, and this is a thought that struck me as I first began to type this and I haven't really developed it any further than that, that among the good shepherds at the moment are those who work in public health, developing guidelines for us based on the latest scientific evidence and weighing that up with other factors such as mental health and well-being. Oh, and of course the influence of the politicians, because after all, it's the economy stupid, isn't it? These good shepherds trying to find a way that people can come in and go out, at least to some extent, while staying safe. And if only in some small measure, find a degree of fulfilment. Maybe that's pushing it too far. Maybe I should stick with where I first began and that question, what is it we mean by fullness of life or abundance of life? In a world where bad things happen to good people, where lives can be cruelly cut short by disease, accident or violence, then abundance or fullness is clearly not a quantitative measure of how much life, how long a life, we might expect. Well, that's probably quite obvious, but sometimes it's good to remind ourselves that God has not promised us that if we follow Jesus, we will have a long life to a ripe old age and there will be no pain, illness or infirmity. I was out for my permitted walk this morning and I walked past Partick Trinity Church and they've got a series of little messages tied to their railings and one of them said something along the lines of God hasn't promised us an easy life but God has promised to walk with us and that seems a good thing to hold on to. So abundance is not about how long or how much life we have but it's also not about material wealth, it's not about being successful, it's not about being famous. I'm really glad and I'm sure many of you are that the prosperity gospel is not as popular as it once was. You know, 
That gospel invites believers to pray for a pay rise, to pray for a job promotion, to pray for a new car. Um, I remember uh, a Baptist minister in Australia praying for a big black car. That's not what it's about. That's not what abundance of life, what fullness of life is about. So if it's not any of those things, then, then how do we measure it? What is fullness of life or life lived to the full? I think, and this may not be entirely popular, that life in all its fullness means a fully authentic life, complete with highs and lows, with love and loss, success and failure, faith and questioning. Fullness of life, for me at least, has already included the premature death of people I've loved. It included failing my driving test twice and squeaking through on the third time. It includes the jobs where I went to an interview, thought I'd done okay and didn't get them. It's included rejection and it's included misunderstanding. And the mystery for me anyway is that when I allow God to do so, all that pain and struggle, all that sorrow, all that questioning, all that stuff, somehow gets woven in with the good and beautiful and lovely to make my life more rich, more full and more meaningful. One day at the end of time, I may get to ask God the questions about some of those things. But for now, life in its fullness, fullness of life, includes the tough stuff as well as the wonderful stuff. It seems to me that fullness of life is about becoming fully human, about growing into the individuals and the communities that God has created us to be. The Good Shepherd, the one who wants us to achieve our potential, our full being, won't keep us cooped up free from any struggle, any suffering, any sorrow indefinitely. It's only when sheep live their lives as sheep, going out, going in, exploring, discovering, that they've become truly sheep. And it's only as we engage with life, with all its challenges as well as all its joys, that we can truly grow and flourish. Jesus didn't come to protect us from the harsh realities of a broken and disordered world, however much we might wish he had. He came rather to enable us to discover the safe refuge of the sheepfold and the delightful freedom of the world beyond, promising to be with us in the good times and the bad times, in the laughter and in the tears. Remember the words of the psalm that Holly read for us just a few moments ago. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the deepest darkness, the most isolating, sad, lonely and painful moments, God, Christ the Good Shepherd, is there with us, before us, beside us, around us. And then at the end, that promise of the eternal banquet. So I'm going to skip over the bit about your enemies because I think there won't be any enemies in heaven. I think all that will disappear. That, that concept of enmity will disappear along with death and tears and disease. But that wonderful banquet, cups overflowing, joy, the promise that at the end all will be well. How often do we say that? In the end, all will be well. All will be made new in the kingdom of God. All those strands of our lives will be woven in. All the bits and pieces that come out of this experience will be woven into something ultimately redemptive and beautiful. I don't know how, but I trust it is so. You might think that's just play in the sky, and I respect that if you do, but it gives me hope. So let's go back briefly to that banner at Grove Lane Baptist Church and the story of a real community of people doing their best to follow Jesus in an uncertain and complicated world. 
a promise that God is there whether or not anybody notices. The promise is that the light that shines in the darkness can never be put out by death, by disease, by disaster. Jesus says to each one of us, says to me, says to you, says to us collectively and apart, I am come that you might have life in its fullness, abundant life, fullness of life. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. They will come in, they will go out, and I will keep them safe now and for all eternity. Amen. Our prayers for others this morning include a response which is printed on the service sheet and you're invited if you would like to and if it's helpful to respond with the words hear our prayer when I say God of life. We come to you the God of endless love and everlasting life with our prayers for this broken bewildered world of which we are part knowing that you are eternally faithful, infinitely gracious. Indeed, you are beyond all superlative adjectives we can ever imagine or invent. So in our jumbled thoughts and our hesitant position, petitions, God of life, hear our prayer. We start with ourselves, with our own personal and private needs and yearnings to be made whole and to experience afresh what it means to have fullness of life in these times of disorientation and of change. God of life, hear our prayer. We move outwards, just a little bit, still within our own church community, to the names listed in our prayer diary for this week. We pray for friends who are joining us on Zoom from all around the world, reminding us of our interconnectedness as members of your family. Whilst we cannot know their personal circumstances, you do, you do, and we ask you to grant them the comfort, the strength and the hope they need for each day. God of life, hear our prayer. We name before you, Neil and Faye, Graham and Margaret with Stuart Imperio, Holly and George, Sheila and John, 
John McKay, Heather, Liz and Douglas, Anne and Brian. Some are shielding, some are caring for loved ones, some are separated from loved ones, some are teaching, some are working in hospitals. All of them are loved by us and loved even more by you. Watch over them, comfort and sustain them and give them your peace. God of life, hear our prayer. As part of a national and international network of Baptist Christians, we call to mind those for whom the Baptist Union of Scotland invites us to play. We entrust to your safekeeping and guidance our friend Rebecca, part of the chaplaincy team at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital mainly working from home and seeking to support staff who are caring for people with COVID-19 or ensuring that other hospital functions are able to continue at this time. God of life, hear our prayer. We pray for the congregations in Dalbisi, Dalkeith and Deadbridge. As they seek to find ways to continue being church at this time. Reassure their leaders, strengthen their ministers and comfort their congregations and communities. God of life, hear our prayer. BMS World Mission this week asks us to focus especially on mission partners working in healthcare, in Chad, Afghanistan and Nepal, directly supporting people affected by COVID-19 through screening, through mental health support and by direct medical care. We also pray for mission partners in Sri Lanka who are working to provide food parcels to at-risk families. Humbly, Tentatively, we ask you to keep them safe and to aid them in their work, recognising that we should pray this for all people everywhere. God of life, hear our prayer. Lastly, we bring you the concerns that disappear from the headlines in this time of global pandemic. The ongoing effects of poverty, famine, flood or drought, bushfires and crop failures, climate crisis and ecological disaster, violence, war, injustice, corruption and so many, many more. What does fullness of life mean for these situations? How can we and others be as Christ to those most in need. It's all too big, too complicated, too overwhelming. And yet we trust that your promises are true. One day, all will be renewed. Tears and death will be no more and all will be well. Until then, help us to live the values we profess and to follow faithfully in the footsteps of Jesus, living life as fully as we are able. God of life, hear our prayer. Amen.
COVID-19, a place at the table, together apart, the breaking of bread, online, on the phone, the mystery of sharing. In COVID-19, the memory lived. Throughout the century, Christian churches have celebrated communion in times of famine and times of feast in times of war and times of peace, in times of prosperity and in times of poverty, in times of persecution and in times of power, in times when life was easy and in times when life was very, very difficult. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Life in all its variety and complexity. During his ministry, Jesus told stories and shared meals. And so we recall the story of what is perhaps the most precious meal he shared. It was the time of Passover and Jesus and his followers made arrangements to meet privately to share the traditional Passover meal. They borrowed a room. They gathered around the table. They sang familiar psalms and they said well-loved prayers. And then the unexpected. Jesus took the flatbread. He offered the traditional blessing. And then, as he broke it, he said, this represents my body, which will be broken for your benefit. Whenever you eat bread, remember this and think of me. Later, he lifted up a cup of wine right at the end of the meal. Again, he said the traditional blessing before adding, this represents my blood which will be pulled out like a temporal sacrifice to take away sins. It's the sign and seal of a new relationship with God for all. Whenever you drink wine, remember this and think of me. For 2,000 years in grand cathedrals and forest clearings, in prison cells and in homes. People have done just that, passing on the story, living the memory. And so will we. Thank you, God, for bread and biscuits, rice cakes and crackers, crisps and pretzels. 
as we eat this food, help us to remember how we are connected with each other and to remember Jesus. Thank you, God, for what we have to drink, for water and wine, for juice and ginger, for squash, for coffee and tea. As we drink what we have prepared, help us to remember all that Jesus has done, is doing, and will do for us and all creation and help us to keep that memory alive. In food and in drink, we have shared the foretaste of the heavenly banquet which God prepares for everyone to share. Together, though apart, God is with us. As we travel the road that leads through life, to life everlasting, may God sustain and protect us. Amen. just a few moments we will go to our virtual coffee rooms for a good chinwag but first some words of blessing god of life as we continue on our journey from old to new familiar to strange bless us with the promise of your presence before us beside us behind us to comfort protect and lead us one step at a time to our eternal home. Amen.